Hello and welcome to NBC IGN's Nintendo podcast, Nintendo Voice Chat, for the week of August 27th. This week we will be talking about Nintendo's newest Direct Mini Partner Showcase, some rumors about another Nintendo Switch model, I know, again, and a, a few other things like Seth's first impressions, actually his review on Final Fantasy Christical, Christical Chronicles, Christical, Christical Chronicles Remastered. It's a new word I just made up. But like hey guys, how are you doing? It's Game it's Gamescom week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very it is Gamescom week. week. Yes. And we'll talk about that more soon, but first, what did you think about that Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase that surprised us all this morning? Ooh. Well, you first Seth. <laughs> this morning I was uh doing my normal morning things that I do, uh checking for deals, and I see trending on Twitter that there was a direct and I was like, how did that slip completely under my radar? And I started, I got very mm. excited. I looked into it and I said, oh, this is why it went under my radar. Because I'm kind of not interested in most everything that <laughs> was announced today. I'm not trying to be See, negative. but that's here's, the, here's the thing, Seth. If you don't follow Nintendo you know, with all your heart and every day, there's a rumor of a <laughs> Nintendo Direct every week. Right. Right. <laughs> And it is true about once a month. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, occasionally there's a big one. And most of the time they're these small, um, either indie ones or these partner, mini partner showcases now that they're dropping. Where it's like, the question I always have afterwards is like, why didn't you, why didn't you just collect all these announcements and put them into one? You know, and, you know, yeah. maybe the reason is there are certain games that it's not clear yet whether they'll be on on time or what the release date is and so they get up to the release week and so they go oh we got to announce these things because this game is going to drop tomorrow and so they just kind of pile up like that but it's this one was such a weird mix um casey did you watch it i did and yeah really weird not a lot there's nothing really in here that made me go like oh my god i can't believe like i mean the last one people were disappointed but at least they had there was Shin Megami Tensei, like that's that was a big announcement that people mm-hmm. have been waiting for. Even if it wasn't for you, some people could get excited. And it's for this one, the only thing that was like, oh, I'll play that. Like, I guess Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythmic Adventure Pack looks like something I'm interested <laughs> Sign in. Sign me up. It's, it's not, those I mean, games like, are good. Yeah. Those games are really good. Yeah. I like rhythm games. I like RPGs. I like monster collection, collecting. Like, cool. It's got those things. I'm interested. I also did really like the original Puyo Puyo Tetris on the Switch. I actually reviewed it. I think I gave it an 8.7. So Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, okay. It's probably more Puyo Puyo Tetris, but (laughs) it's something. It's twice as much. That's why I'm Casey too. So like, first of all, the direct started and we're two games in. I'm going like, why didn't they just frame this and say... It's summer and music is in the air, and here are all the great rhythm games coming to the Switch. And then, like as I was thinking it, the third game is also a rhythm game, right? Like they they just did one after the other. They did um, Kingdom Hearts, and like Kingdom Hearts, there's always this like I feel a little bit of pain when a game like that gets announced because where's the real one, right? Like the main (laughs) games are not on Switch, but you go and relive your favorite memories. But Pear, I did guess this when we first heard about Kingdom Hearts Ah. Melody of Memory and that there is going to be canon story, brand new to the Kingdom Hearts series in this game. So if you want to keep calling yourself a diehard Kingdom Hearts fan, (laughs) you have to play this 
to know that that part of the story. Jonathan, Jonathan, uh, there's an awesome video of Jonathan trying to explain the story of Kingdom Hearts. And it's like, it's just so glorious because he can just do it by heart. And to me, it just does not make sense. But so we got we got Kingdom Hearts. We've got Fuser, which is actually really cool. The, the DJing yeah. game, right? Then we have yeah. Taiko no Tatsujin, the, um, you know, a Taiko drum master, which is also a really good game. But they're, but they're all kind of smaller things, um, you know, limited by them being rhythm games in my mind then we got world of tanks blitz which world of tanks is a huge franchise obviously out there and it's always nice when switch gets free games but it's like these are kind of like the expected announcements you know big rumble boxing creed champions like somebody took all the words related to the rocky movies and boxing (laughs) put them into a box and scrambled them and spat that out it's like it's got rumble in there it's is michael buffer gonna be mad i mean like what it's are got, Creed's champions? Uh, those are from the I think the the follow up movies uh, Creed. because yeah Creed which thank you. But, <laughs> but, it's, I was but Victor it's Drago. That's not his name. It's Ivan Drago that I remembered. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Adonis but, Creed fights Victor Drago in the sequel. So is Rocky a Creed champion? Is Drago a Creed champion? Anyway, it's nonsense titling. <laughs> it's like it's speaking of nonsense nonsense titling. We got the Saga games coming um, as Final Fantasy Legend from Square, Kinda and like that one. So I was already a little irritated when I got to that one, and then they're showing these Game Boy games with an interface that has literally yeah. it looks like it was made for mobile with touchscreen D pads and buttons, and they don't look like the Game Boy either. So it's not like this nostalgia play. It's just yeah. like I don't know. I was annoyed, and then you know. I got to Just Dance, which is a game I don't play because nobody wants to see Germans dance. (laughs) Um, But obviously, that's a humongous franchise, and that's got to be on Switch. And it's Um, the first Just Dance not coming out on the Wii. Oh, no. There you go. It's done. And then we got to the last game, and they they got me back because I love Puyo Puyo Tetris. And, you know, your, your review was dead on. It's a great game. It's got a really funny story mode with a nonsense story. Yeah. <laughs> and like and just the promise of another nonsense story with new powers in, in Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. I'm definitely there. That yeah, one I'm, that one is cool. I think I'll definitely pick that one up for sure. Cause like we just said, like I had a lot of fun with the first one and I thought the story as nonsensical as it was was really fun and funny. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I this was I guess obviously square, right? And just just a bunch of square stuff ish yeah yeah anyway this was not a great this was not a great showcase it wasn't there they, you could have told a story around this like how did everybody become a creed champion no you could have told a story around it with <laughs> with the uh you know the rhythm games and stuff and like it just kind of felt like a, a big jumble to me and like you know every single game announced is, is interesting in its own right and there'll be fans who like them Mm-hmm. Put together, it is a collection of games. You will not find a single person on the entire planet who will play them all. Exactly. <laughs> and hey, if you're listening to this and you're going to play them all, I want to hear from you. Email us at nvc at ign.com. Yeah. yeah, please let us know. And one more detail from this that I wanted to point out before we move on is that the so the Saga series originally came out in Japan, totally unrelated to Final Fantasy. But then when it released in the US, uh, Square mm-hmm. added change the name to the final fantasy legend just to yep. make it easier to market yeah, they, so it's not they did that with a few titles yes yep. second <laughs> and setsu yep yeah yep. yes the saga the first the uh 
Final Fantasy Legend game when that was I remember reading about it in, in Nintendo Power and being obsessed with it because there's the monster class that mm-hmm. you evolve by feeding them different meats and there was like a spreadsheet in Nintendo Power and I remember just pouring over just wanting this game so badly and never getting it so I <laughs> yeah. might pick yeah, this pick up it when up. it comes out in December which is a long ways away. But Honestly, yeah. I love that kind of stuff, Seth. The spreadsheets that tell you how to get this. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, you know, feed him this piece of chicken and he'll turn into this kind of monster. Look, for, for all the negativity, it's cool to see older games coming to the Switch, like, you know, classics. And, uh, you know, we're seeing now Game Boy games. I would hope for a little bit more care on how they're presented. You know, just obviously the Game Boy resolution is very different from the Switch widescreen. And so... Um, make the surrounding areas pretty and you can adjust uh, the the size of the game boy screen and, and how it's um how it's displayed but still anyway this is yeah this is makai toshi saga so it's got retitled for um the western market into a final fantasy game do we know who's doing the collection i know i think m2 did the castlevania collection and that's maybe the best like classic game collection on the switch i think Not it's just sure. square right yeah. is it just square they didn't like yeah okay outsource it and i'm assuming i honestly like i don't even know if the if they're out in uh, maybe they're already out on asia and mobile but i'm assuming this is a we'll see the exact same uh, release on android and ios oh boy because they have that they already built the freaking touchscreen control right yeah (laughs) but that's about all we have to say about the mini direct that happened on wednesday august 26th uh i guess let us know what you thought about that and like pear said if you will actually be playing every single one of these titles um but we did hear some more rumors once again that another switch is going to launch but specifically next year i know i feel like we've been talking about is there going to be a powered up switch Switch like every couple of months for the past two years and man i am tired of speculating but this one seems to have a little bit more clout um i know Mm -hmm. Well, Casey, the rumor that a new console comes out is always true because it'll eventually be true, right? Like they were definitely like, (laughs) it's just what matters are the details. And you guys remember like in the first year of the Switch, there were already rumors of an upgraded Switch coming. It was people people hearing about the slight hardware revision and then turning it into something that it was not a, you know, an actual hardware upgrade and then running with the story. And it's like, you can imagine those same people in like two years coming back saying, hey, I predicted this. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, that's what's so important is like, now the rumors are saying it's uh you know 4k capability built in and all of that which oh i um, didn't know that which yeah which is it will eventually be true but it was not true (laughs) three years ago so this was originally according to a report from economic daily news and bloomberg actually backed up these reports that the new version of the switch will enter production later this year because the current production uh, companies are busy still making switch lights and regular switches and then we'll launch on retail in the first quarter of 2021. I've heard that Breath of the Wild 2 will be a launch title for it, and oh. it will come with a slew of more Nintendo games, which is why this year has been pretty kind of empty in it's comparison. Still my heart. Oh. That, that seems that, I mean, so let's unpack that, right? Is the suggestion yeah. that this is a hardware step up and the game is the, the the games are not compatible with the old ones? Like Nintendo's done this ones really po- poorly with the new 3DS, if you remember yes. that, right? Like you could release games that only worked with that one 
um, if you didn't play your cards right. And like that obviously didn't work for anybody and nobody cared. Um, <laughs> and what is more likely to me is that this is an upgraded version of the Switch and it's the same approach that Microsoft is taking is that it's the PC model where they're developing games that are, or, or honestly, I mean, it's been the Xbox One X uh, model as well, right? Where your game runs on S and X and it just looks slightly better on X. I feel like that is the approach Nintendo's going to take where, you know, games that are updated to work with it can be upscaled to 4K or, you know, like maybe not running natively in 4K, but, um, you know, getting 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 there, you know, running at higher resolutions because remember, a lot of games don't even run at 1080p on the yeah. Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking... four, 4k capabilities by the way your switch can output 4k video it, it there's no limitation to that it's processing the visuals <laughs> right mm -hmm. well, what do you think seth what do you think of all this i mean i think yeah absolutely there's going to be a new switch i think it's just going to be like a mid-generation upgrade it's going to be you know the the top loading nes of the switch era <laughs> I, I do agree. I do think I think it will be similar to Xbox's model, as Pear said, or like the new 3DS, but maybe better. And I don't think Nintendo will make games for it that are exclusive to only this model, but maybe this model will enable ports of PlayStation, Xbox, and PC games that aren't playable on the other Switch. What do you is that a completely out there uh, Could, speculation? <laughs> No, it could be. I mean, that that was the idea behind the 3DS upgrade, too, is that a publisher could port something over and it, it didn't have to run on the old, old hardware and would be, um, uh, you know, wouldn't be backwards compatible. But obviously, developers didn't do that because the, the 3DS install base was just too attractive. You didn't want to limit it to the smaller install. And so... I th I think that that could very definitely happen in the future because we are going to now get to the point where the ports are no longer going to be of Xbox One and PlayStation 4 games. Like now yeah. developers are making PS5 and, and Series X games and it's going to be way harder to port those down. Um, even even though they might still be supporting, you know, Xbox One X and, and older hardware with them. And so I think we're at this inflection point where Yes, I, I think there could be certain third-party games that don't run on the original Switch if that were to come to pass. And then I do think like the, the screen on the Switch is pretty nice, but there's room for it to be improved. It's a 720p screen. It could become a 1080p screen, right? Yeah. Um, but but um, we, we, um, we just had an episode of our, our uh, PC building show, Rigs. Did you guys watch it? I haven't um, seen it yet. Look it up. It's Riggs with a Z because we're edgy. Um, but it's <laughs> like we're basically Dan and Stella got to spend $7,000 on building a PC. <laughs> what? And they built, no, and they, and they built a PC. They both put in two graphics cards, top of the line graphics Ooh. cards, 64 gigs of RAM. So like big, beefy machines. But still, a lot of games, like, you know, take like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it would run at 40 frames per second in 4k and you can see the limitation there's some like i think it was stalker runs at like 20 frames in 4k so just the notion that somebody will take you know hardware shrink it to the size of a switch that can still support these little controllers on the side and make it natively run in 4k um get real right like they're <laughs> yeah you're, you're getting closer to the to the 4k visuals but you know we're talking about a tiny very capable 1080p console See, my conspiracy theory, because I always have one, 
is mm-hmm. that uh, the next Switch upgrade won't be the console itself, but it'll be the Switch dock, and it'll work like those uh, external graphics cards mm-hmm. that you can buy for uh, like certain Alienware computers, where all the basic graphical stuff is inside the dock itself. And I mm-hmm. support this conspiracy theory by the fact that it has been impossible to get a first-party Nintendo Switch dock for like two years Ooh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is, dock. you know, you can, you know, you can obviously boost power by daisy chaining hardware in some fashion right? yeah especially with so, that usb-c connection i'm just saying yeah yeah no you're right That'd and then really when cool. i'm right uh, eventually we'll be right there will be a new switch dock we can no so back you are seth you will eventually be right because maybe in 12 years that will be the model of the switch yeah and it'll be yeah, right. computing supported now. <laughs> look i, I i'm I'm excited for a hardware upgrade, and I think, you know, yeah, at the yes. very least, there needs to be a step forward to put something new and exciting out in the market that retailers will want to put on their shelves. Remember shelves? Um, and oh, then yeah. make it easier to port some of the newer games that are coming out, because that's going to end soon, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would ask you both, what do you want to be included in the new Switch? But instead, I'm going to save that question for next week when we go back Ooh. to video because we got some viewer yaps answering that same exact question. But I don't want to do anyone a disservice by showing your naps and then people not being able not to see your them. beautiful faces. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to wait until next week. But we do have a question block question from Kevin Ariola. Ariola, if a warlock gave you the power to name the new model Switch, what would you name it? Ooh. Why why does a warlock have to give me the power? Why can't uh, I have the power in myself? I would name it Switch 4K. That'd be the simplest, easiest communication. Yeah. Although I, I will say that maybe we're putting too much focus on resolution. Like we run a lot of um a lot of polls on IGN kind of gauging the interests of our users and like in a poll of asking frame frame rate versus resolution i think it was 85 percent frame rate yeah um so i don't know i I doubt they would go with something as on the nose like that especially if mainstream consumers don't really give a poop about 4k 8k and all of that i mean then the answer my answer is uh switch fps Oh, the Switch Smooth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. The Switch um, 120. It runs yeah. at 120 hertz. I'm going to name it the hmm, Switch On. Oh, uh, I like yeah. that. The Switch, oh, switch U. U. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seth, no. <laughs> Not that. Uh, I, I don't know. We have the Switch Lite, which is like light switch, but backwards. I don't know. I was trying to think of something else that would be silly like that, but... <laughs> Power switch. It'll be switch power. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. You li- that actually you like sounds... That? You like yeah, I like that one. I'll make you one. I'll make you the one. The switch power. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, Please yeah. do. Let's do that. Um, but I want one. Yeah. I, I would like one, especially if it comes with a really cool... All right. We're going to get a new Monster Hunter on the Switch, and there's going to be a new Switch Power Special Edition Monster Hunter. So what is actually going to happen is that they will be able to port the last one over, and you're going to oh. get to play that again, Casey. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I would say I might, but I know that'd be a lie because I have 800 hours in that game. I'm not redoing it. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but those are about the those are the biggest stories of this week. We do have some very small stories, like um, there's a new Wonder Boy announced, and mm. it's called Wonder Boy Ashen Monster World. And it's led by the series creator and a full 
reveal with gameplay is set to arrive later this week during the Gamescom Awesome Indie Showcase, which kicks nice. off at 10 a.m. Pacific on Saturday, August 29th, right here on IGN. Are either yeah. of you familiar with Wonder Boy? Yes. Are you excited for this? Yeah. I'm looking well, forward to it. It's it's cool to have the original creators back. Yeah. Yeah. It's very neat. And, uh, do you know, just for, for Gamescom, obviously... Um, yeah, if, if people have time, hang out with us. We're, we're starting, we're kicking off with uh, Opening Night Live, Jeff Keighley's show, which has some really cool reveals in it, um, some cool trailers um, of, of games that you have heard of and some you've never heard of. And then we go uh, right into the next days, we go into IGN programming. We It was very, very complicated to get this done um, remotely with this this little pandemic out there. But I think we've got a really cool program and I'm actually really excited for the indie showcase. It was so jam packed. We initially were going to do 90 minutes. It's like two hours now. And it's we had to turn turn games away. We picked just the coolest stuff. And uh, is Tom the one who's hosting that one? There'll be a virtual Tom. Virtual Tom. You guys mm-hmm. got to see this virtual Tom. It's pretty great. It's but I know Tom will creepy. be around. It's, yeah. it's um, Tom Headroom. <laughs> I love like it. It is very creepy. It has, it has a little bow tie. Yeah. Seth and I will be around on Saturday. And I'll also be true. around on Thursday afternoon and Friday. So come yep. check out Gamescom on IGN.com, which is probably going on right now if you're listening to this on Thursday. Yeah, come and see him. Stop listening. Oh, a little bit of German. <laughs> yeah. The only Sehr- little bit of German that I know. <laughs> Sehr gut, Herr Macy. <laughs> danke, danke. Bitte, bitte. Uh. But that is about it for news. There's really not a whole lot because it, we're saving it for Gamescom this weekend. But there right. are a mm. lot of games out this week, including oh Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition, which Seth reviewed. Yep. And the review should be up right now if you are listening to this. And this is a game that Brian and I were excited for. I remember it fondly. It's Brian really likes it. Seth, you had... A different take on Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, yeah. though. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I am sad to report, and I know that people are going to be real mad at me. I do not like this game at all. In fact, I never want to play this game again. Oh, <laughs> that is... And is that... Okay, okay. so you got to tell us a little bit more about that. Is that because the port is bunk, or is it? It's... is it... The, I was, the game hasn't aged well? Like The, the game has definitely not aged well. I was very excited to take this review on because I missed the game the first time around. And I, it was always one of those things. I was like, oh, I really wish I'd played that. It sounds exactly like a game that's totally in my wheelhouse. Final Fantasy mm-hmm. Universe, you know, based on like that with the, the cutesy style. It's like a dungeon crawler, but it's got like it's a lighter dungeon crawler and it has some pretty novel sort of leveling, not leveling up elements, but it was something that I've been wanting to play. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll play it. And it turns mm-hmm. out the game, it did not age well at all. And it is, it has absolutely atrocious loading times to the point of being ridiculous where you'll take 15 to 20 seconds of loading, then move your cart one space, another 15 or 20 seconds of loading, get into your little cutscene, which some like some of those cutscenes are like 10 seconds long. Then another 15, 20 seconds of loading, get back on the overworld map, go to your next location, 15 to 20 seconds of loading, get into where you're going, and it is just, it ruins any sort of rhythm that you're able to get into in the game. Um, the There's one, I can't remember the name of it, it's, it's uh, a mansion level, and there are walls, or excuse me, there are rooms on outside of a courtyard and you have to go into each one of those rooms. And there's 15 to 20 seconds of loading to get into these rooms. And they're just, it's just one room. 
Like there's oh, not wow. like a whole like maze on the other side of this door. And you have to stand on a switch until the uh, the the symbol for the element that your chalice currently has comes up. The switch goes down. The door opens. Fifteen to twenty seconds. Through <sighs> kill sometimes one enemy on the other side. Wait for that symbol to come back through again. Fifteen to twenty seconds. Back oh. out in the courtyard. Do that for like nine rooms. It is, it is real rough. It is oh not God. fun so, at Seth, all. Uh, your your full written review on IGN.com should be up around now. Yes, God willing, what it did should you be. Give it a three. Well, he's torn, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I see. You have a you decided? Th- three or a four, probably. <laughs> You'll find yeah. out on IGN.com. You'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Keep it locked. <laughs> Shout oh, it out in the man. comments below. Yeah, That's people are gonna be real, real mad, and I I'm not like I. It doesn't bring me any joy to play right. a game that. You know, isn't fun. I know it's it's a it's a bummer for everybody involved. And I didn't. I just came off. I gave a uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator a ten. I consider it a masterpiece. It's like one of the my favorite games that I've ever experienced. And now I'm playing the game that I've rated lowest on IGN.com <laughs> for multiple Aww. reasons. It just is not. It's was, not a fun game. I was hoping to get Brian on, but Gamescom super busy. I know that Brian really enjoyed the original one. I have really fond memories of the first one, but again, yeah. it was 2004, and I was playing briefly with friends. So, yeah. But the original one did get a 7.6. Yes. But so I don't know if if you remember this game really fondly, like maybe you would still I think, think the same. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a game that if you remember it fondly, you're gonna have fun. Like if you've Games it's have hard. come so far in 16 years, and <laughs> yes. this is, you know, a lot of the things that we take for granted now have been ironed out, like the loading times or uh, the the kind of boor- like the battles are, are pretty repetitive. They're yeah. not particularly fun. Sometimes they're extremely frustrating. Um, I think I don't think it's a spoiler to say uh, if you die to the final boss, you have to go through two minutes of loading and unskippable cutscenes, and that's with mashing through the buttons to go through the dialogue. Oh, it takes wow. two minutes from the from the time you die to the time you get back into the fight, and that is oh. not fun. I know that all. was that was a complaint about control is the save points were a little bit too far away from the difficult points where you would perish. Yeah, um. that oh, that's another thing. If you you know the save points are generous in that if you do die at the last boss, you you know you start up again you have to skip through the two minutes of loading and dialogue and that is with skipping through it it's two minutes it's more like five or six minutes if you let the dialogue play out um but if you leave the game and come back you have to do everything leading up to the boss battle again which involves answering a a bunch of questions um fighting some pretty not terribly tough but strong minions that can take you down in like two hits it, it's exhausting. I'm sorry, everybody who likes this game. Like, you, I hope you enjoy it, but I definitely don't enjoy <laughs> Thanks, it Seth. at all. You, know, you, you didn't make it. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. And the lack of local co-op, I think, really, really hurts it. I think at it would have been a lot better. Local co-op on the, on the same screen in the same console. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, four, four players on the same screen, same console, you know, just sit yeah. on the couch, couch co-op. It's not even an option. Yeah. So, well, there's always Diablo. <sighs> yep. That's or you know Minecraft Dungeons. I reviewed that and I did. I gave that a seven. That is a very fun little lightweight 
dungeon crawler with you know it has a lot of potential it could have could have been better but yeah and diablo 3 on the switch is like chef kiss so awesome yeah, yeah. and Luckily, there are other games out this week if Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition doesn't sound like your cup of tea. And thank you again, Tom Marks, for filling this out. As always, the first game is No Straight Roads, out on the 25th for $40, and it is a music-based action game from the lead designer of Final Fantasy XV. That sounds crazy, right? That sounds pretty cool. I'm, like, clicking on this now. I was like, what is this? Oh, the art is really stylistic and colorful and cool. Looks interesting. Um, there's also Jenny LeClue Detectivu out on the 26th for 20 <laughs> I thought that was a typo. I, no, no, I, 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 mean, I played it. I played it. What do you think? It's good. It, it honestly is good. It's, um, it started as a Kickstarter um, a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it's a small team in Florida, actually. Um, mm. They did it as a Kickstarter. It was meant to be a return to kind of classic adventure games, you know, like kind of like the LucasArts style stuff. And that's what it is. It's like this really cute but really well designed well animated well voice acted story uh, about this uh, young girl who acts as a detective and it breaks the you know the fourth wall all the time and you have to you have to kind of look at clues of a crime scene and crime scenes are sometimes as simple as what did the uh, principal have for breakfast and you have to look in the tie and see what the leftovers are that's sort of <laughs> kind of like you know hidden object finding puzzle stuff and then um drawing clues from them and putting together what happened um it's it's really good it's definitely it's uh you know it's it's kind of like a it's a cool adventure game for girls i think it skews a little bit younger in the age group but like it is so well made that even as a as a grown-up you can get something out of it really good art art style uh really nice switch port runs smoothly and all of that so uh actually a really good game cool thanks for the insight Mm -hmm. and also out this week um, (gasps) is what Hypnospace Outlaw, I didn't even, like, I just, it clicked in my head what that game is. Like, everybody's like, you got to play this game. This game is you. And And now it's coming to Switch. I haven't played it yet because I'm an idiot (laughs) who doesn't listen to people's advice. Well, Hypnospace Outlaw is out on the 27th for $20, and it's a game where you explore a retro computer desktop slash internet as basically an intercop. Inter, not an intercop, an internet cop. This is... Uh, Tom really loves this game, and he wanted to point out that you can play it with a mouse and keyboard on the Switch, which is... What? Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> okay, why? Have you gotten a chance to play this pair? No, but I want to. Now that I know that this game is Seth Macy, I want to play it. If you look at screens of this game, you will understand why people tell me that this is Seth Macy, the game. Oh, yeah. man. It is very Seth Macy. Yeah, yeah I see it. Yeah. It looks <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, the aesthetic is Seth Mathy. Yeah, because I was complaining one time. I was like, man, I wish we could go back to the, the, the web of the 1990s and just how pointlessly obtuse but strangely compelling and attractive it was. And someone was like, why have you not played Hypnospace Outlaw, you idiot? You, There's a game that's describing exactly what you want. It, it, it has already been made. So well, check it out. There's a demo out, so I'll definitely play that one. Nice. We'll come back next week when we talk about games we're playing. I, anytime you want me on this show, it's like my favorite thing to be on NBC. Yay! Seth. Everyone's so nice. Aww. Like everyone, the hosts are great. The 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 the, the um, fan base is wonderful. Like I, I just feel great. So yeah, honestly, I feel all of you guys at the um, Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums, Facebook, and all of our commenters. You guys are wonderful and super nice. Yeah. And thumbs up all around. But also out this week is Windbound on the twenty eighth. For $30, this game looks 
really cool. I pulled out a few quotes from our preview, which called it survival with a touch of Zelda. It is part survival game, part action adventure, and part procedural roguelike. And it's a bit like Raft and Wind Waker had a baby with a single player version of Rust. Wow. (laughs) It also looks really pretty. And you explore on a sailboat. And it looks, I don't know, man, it looks really cool. I want to play this game. Yeah, the sailing parts of Wind Waker, I would sometimes just set sail. And I wouldn't even play the game. I just, yeah, you know, experience the weather and listen to the great sailing music and just feel relaxed. But yeah, hopefully I'll be able to play it and come back next week and talk about it. But we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And also this week, which was also shown off in the mini direct Wednesday morning, is Captain Tsubasa: Rise of New Champions for sixty bucks. It's a it's based off of an anime about football or soccer. and the manga series actually began in 1981 and actually popularized soccer in Japan. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. This is, this is one of those series. Like I, I, I'm trying to remember what the last one was that I played, whether it was on the GameCube or the GBA. But it's been, it's been a decade since we've seen a game in the series um, on a console. So it's, it's cool to get it back. Like I remember playing it on the Super Famicom when I lived in Japan in like the early 90s. Um, they're like fat. They're basically arcadey um, soccer games uh, with like crazy anime style animated yeah. finishing moves and all yeah. of that. It's it's a really fun series. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you guys want to check it out. I hope I was hoping there's a demo, but I'm not sure. Oh, but we'll see. But yeah, the anime and manga are really highly acclaimed. So hopefully the game lives up to that. Cool. But. Let's talk about some games that we are actually currently playing. Seth, you already talked about Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Is there anything yeah. else you're talking? You're, you're playing? Just non-Tendo Flight Simulator. Cool. Any child, childhood dreams you want to ruin? <laughs> I know. I feel terrible ruining people's childhood I was childhood so excited memories. for that, Seth. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm the reviewer. I can't speak for you. I can yeah. only speak to my own experience. And my own experience is that I didn't like it and I never want to play it again. And that's completely yeah. valid and it's totally okay. Thank you for validating my, my yeah. opinion. <laughs> Fair, what about you? What are you playing? Seth, you know what you should be playing is A Short Hike. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, um, uh, we talked uh, a little bit about it last week, but I hadn't played it yet, and uh, I've I've jumped into it. Jana recommended it too, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's this it's this cute little pixelated, almost PlayStation original PlayStation looking oh. uh, 3D adventure game. It's, it's kind on. of like a it's a little bit like a Wind Waker without the sword combat. So it's like exploration. You're a bird. You can hover. You can learn to climb higher by getting more feathers and, and do little tasks. And you can grab a motorboat and drive around the ocean <laughs> and stuff. And it's like... As birds can actually, want to do, yeah. It, and then visually, it is like that kind of 32-bit pixelated style. But you can actually adjust it with a slider if you want to make it sharper, too. You can do that. But it's got this cool aesthetic. Oh, um, cool. It's great. It's really charming, really funny writing. It's a, you know, it is literally a short hike. And the whole premise of the game is that you want to make a phone call, but the connection is really bad. So you want to climb this mountain. And so you get sidetracked by helping people and like collecting things and watering plants and turning them into little trampolines and stuff like that. It's really cool. Definitely. uh, Yeah. I've only heard good, great things about it. I know Zach wanted to come on and talk about a short hike as well. So, I mean, everyone just thumbs up all around. Too bad for Zach. Yeah. It's. 
Yeah, it's a it's a really cool game. And then I'm also playing uh, Raji, an ancient epic. We talked a little bit about that. Um, Janet had only played a, a couple of minutes last time, so I played a little bit farther. It's uh, you know a game that's set in Indian, uh, used Indian mythology, music, storytelling, voice actors, all of that, um, which is kind of a rare sight and sound. Um, she had a couple of complaints with it uh, that that I, I, I can see. Um, the it's like imagine. It's Prince of Persia, basically, right? Like mm-hmm. you navigate environments, you climb, you jump, you have to do, um, you know, be careful that you don't fall to your death. Um, and then there's <laughs> combat and you can jump off like pillars and walls in order to attack anim- enemies. The difference is the it is kind of like almost played from the, not almost, it's played from the God's perspective. Like the camera is zoomed out. So your character is very small on the screen and all the sounds and everything is quiet too because you're so far away. And then the gods will speak and narrate over it, you know, kind of like what they're seeing once in a while. And then um, it's really like look-wise, it looks really cool. The Switch version runs well. It has some rough edges like open areas it will chug, but it's like generally Mm -hmm. it's a good-looking game. And it's just really unique in that we haven't seen many games set, um, you know, in India like this and and using music and, uh, you know, all that from India. but it is um, it is kind of like it's not as immediate and action focused as the modern Prince of Persia games, you know. So like control wise, it's not quite there, but it's uh, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it, and I'm gonna keep playing it. Okay, pretty good. Oh, nice, R- Raji, yeah. an ancient epic. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not playing anything Nintendo. I, I think I by the time the show comes out, I'll be playing Tell Me Why because it is an adventure game that has access, I believe has accessibility controls so that you don't have to hold down buttons. So I will be able to play it easily. So I'm going to nice. check that out when it comes out. Um, but let's move on to question block and answer right. some of your questions that you submitted to us through NBC at IGN.com or through our Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook. This first one is from Clark from Cleveland. Hello and welcome. I was learning about Paper Mario and how it was created due to the system limitations of the N64, and it struck me, is that necessary creativity gone? It seems to me that in the past, developers were forced to get creative to make the games work within that console. This includes being forced to use the audio chips in the consoles that the consoles had. With consoles getting more and more powerful, do you think there is less of a necessary is there less of the necessary creativity today than there was in the past and has it had a negative impact thank you so much for the amazing show every week get the thing this is such a it's such a great question and honestly we can't quite answer it because i think in the end it's up to the individual and what they how they want to use that power they have now um to do new things but i'll I'll give you an example right like they're there are limitations of consoles that are related to memory and the size of the world that you can stream in, in and show to the audience at one point in time, or to the amount of characters you can um, display on the screen. And like those limitations go back all the way to the original uh, first generation console, second generation. Like if you think of Atari VCS, where you know games like Adventure were built, where the maze was a sprite. So the makers of the console thought you were going to use sprites for enemies and then somebody is so smart they use it for the actual maze and the levels themselves and like that creativity you know like we marvel at it today and it and it ultimately meant that the games that figured out these tricks were the ones that stood out because they just weren't a lot of them 
However, it can also hold your games back. And that's like with regard to how big an open world can be or how, you know, how... Um, how long the load times are between areas and a developer may say, you know what, it, it takes too long to load in this next world, so we're not going to do it like that. We're going to chop up this game. Or like a game like The Legend of Zelda where the screen, uh, if you think of Link to the Past, like there's some scrolling, but you eventually get to an edge and the entire world will scroll over and you, you know, the enemies that were there no longer follow you. Those are the limitations that make for creative solutions but can also hurt the gameplay, right? Like if... If you're able to use the limitations of the world against the enemies to cheese them, <laughs> you could argue that that's part of the charm and the creativity, but it means that, you know, something that there is a little bit of a break between what the creator would have ideally done and what you got. And so, yes, you know, games like Paper Mario owe their existence to the fact that it was too hard to do 3D characters back then. But I got to think that with the openness of the new consoles and with the power, I don't think developers are going to be any less creative. I think they will get the courage to do stuff like cell shading because it looks good and it speaks to their yeah. sensibilities and what they want to build. And so, yeah, yeah no, Just that's a wishy-washy answer, but yeah. it's like <laughs> it really depends on the creative minds. And I do ultimately think that with an expanded canvas, you're going to get pretty pictures. Yeah. And just as a really straightforward answer just as an example i know uh, hideki kamiya who wanted to make scalebound from platinum games had wanted to make that game for years and years and years and finally thought the power of the current gen consoles like the xbox one would finally be able to handle what he wanted to do and he still couldn't make it because of the power so i'm assuming there are developers out there that have these crazy awesome creative ideas and just don't have the the capability, the technical yeah. capability to yep. do it just yet. So I yeah. think it can go both ways in t for sure. Yeah, My Pikmin is a good example of a game you couldn't have done on Super NES with 100 moving characters, right? Oof. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite, absolute favorite things in the world is like clever use of resources. You know, like people making a, a, a playable video game on a boot sector of a, you know, a five-inch mm -hmm. floppy disk. Like, there's no room there, and they just figured out. Um, I don't think that that creativity or that those limitations going away is going to hinder creativity. I think now, instead of figuring out novel solutions to make a game fit, now they can use that creative energy to just, like, make the game better because, you know, yeah. they still have that creativity inside of them, and they can, you know, it's. I think the limitations going away is going to make for just better games because, you know, yep. the sky's the limit. There's a good example with cutscenes, right? Nintendo used to do cutscenes with in-game characters because uh, the cartridges couldn't store all this FMV stuff and all the CG-generated stuff that other studios were using. And so in hindsight, there's actually much less of a break between a gameplay moment in a Nintendo game and a cutscene, whereas like you go back to an old Final Fantasy RPG and it's like the characters look completely different. And like they, <laughs> the movie scenes now look very dated um, by comparison oh, yeah. because of that switch. But now we're at a point where developers have consoles where the in-game characters look so good, they don't even have to pre-render anymore, right? And so, like, it's not hampering their creativity. It's actually setting them free to not have to think of how to do storytelling uh, in, by pre-rendering everything. They can just use the game engine because it looks so good. Yeah. And this, yeah, thank you so much for that great question, good question. Clark. Yeah, that was awesome. And this next question is from Dalen Hubbard, and they ask, what is the best generation of Pokemon? Uh, so you can take this in very many different ways. 
like do you mean the generation of game or the actual generation of new pokemon and that is hard that is a hard question i'm taking it like that what is your the best generation of new pokemon and i can't tell you i can't tell you the best one (laughs) what is it the best generation of pokemon is the pokemon generation that came out when you were 10 years old. That is the best generation of Pokemon. That, it's like the best season of Saturday Night Live is the one that came out when you were in high school. There that were is no a, Pokemon when I was 10. Well, there, oh, were, no. there were no Pokemon when I was 10 <laughs> either. It was like but, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark for the Atari VCS. Uh, That's I think what we had. Generation 2 of Pokemon came out. Um, I actually have a, a list. Uh, I, I can look at all of the sprites of every single Pokemon of every single generation because I'm playing uh, a Pokemon Dungeons and Dragons game and we need to be able to oh, see that's awesome. the sprites to like put them on roll 20 and it's really cool. So, oh, cool. But um, Gen 6 is super small, so I'm not going to pick Gen 6. I think Gen 4 is a lot of, re- lot of, re- lot of really good, good favorites. Hmm. I'm so like to me, the, nothing ever gets close to the original, you know. Like yeah. the what was it one one hundred fifty one, right? With Mew. Um, I don't know. Like I never had a con, yeah. I never had a connection to yeah, the, the Pokemon after that generation in the same way that I had to the originals. And like, yeah, they got cooler and like bigger beasts and all of that, and you know, like made like our original legendaries look sad. He <laughs> zapped us and stuff, but like yeah. I don't know. Like I just feel like the originals are so pure yeah. and so yeah. awesome, and that's why you know way more of them will show up in games like Smash Brothers because that is the best that's generation. True. What uh, generation was X and Y? Um, six. Okay. Well, then you said six wasn't, but I'm gonna say that one is because there's that swordy boy who you can catch and yeah. uh, evolve into like, a, into two swords. And I think um, that's really cool. Uh, Hone Edge, Double Aid, and yes. Aegis Slash. Yeah, I love, I love <laughs> my Aegis Slash. Really I gotta find good. that. I have it that around is, somewhere. Those are the most wanted Pokemon in my uh, Pokemon D and D campaign right now. People really want that. That steel because they're type. awesome. It's a sword that becomes more swords. It's as it it's evolves. Pretty cool. And they and have a really, alive. really cool mechanic where they switch yeah. forms depending on the move that they use. It's really neat. So but good. We can talk about Pokemon more, and we can answer. <laughs> But that is that is all the time we have. I was I'm just started thinking about Pokemon and now I'm like I'm distracted. Oh no, too late. But that is about all for Nintendo Voice Chat this week. We hope you enjoyed listening. Don't worry, we will be back next week with video, as you have come to expect with a full cast. But hopefully, uh, myself, Pear, and Seth kind of like held it down for you guys. Thank you so much for watching NBC. And remember, you can catch us every Thursday at 3 p.m. on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember, this is the only place that you can get the thing. thing. Nice, Seth. I did it.